Welcome to the Safe Haven Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. The Safe Haven Podcast is a space for you to be real, raw, emotional, vulnerable, hilarious, and or completely carefree. This podcast offers a space for stories to be shared about the lights and darks, highs and lows of life in a judgment-free zone. Join me and my powerful guests as we dive into a variety of conversations and topics. Listen from where you are, as you are. Think, laugh, and cry along with us, whether you're in your car, in your kitchen, chasing your kids, running your business, caregiving for someone that you love, getting a mani-pedi while you're in the hospital, a treatment center, sitting on the deck, on the dock, or out for a run. These weekly stories and messages will hit you right in the heart, fill up your cup, and recharge your spirits. As every Thursday comes around, TGIT, hey guys, yours truly, Amanda Lytle, the host of the Safe Haven Podcast, here to just give you some more of my insights. And I need to start off this week's episode with, it was so funny, thinking about the cat. Guys, apparently, I well, I had three different people say to me, um, so you went back to Ontario, but you left the geriatric diabetic cat and the naked one? What did you do? And I thought that I had told you guys that the lovely, amazing blessing of a neighbor, Lisa, looked after them while I was gone. So no, I did not leave them alone. They were totally fine. They were totally loved and looked after. Obviously, we're happy to have someone back in the house pretty much full time when, with, by the time I got back. But Lisa, you are an angel. I appreciate you. Thank you so, so much for your help and allowing me to go back to Ontario with fewer worries than if I had to worry about giving Harry his needles twice a day. <laughs> uh, I have a few things that I wanted to kind of talk about today, a few things that have kind of come up in the a few conversations that I've had over the last few weeks with some friends, uh, and even actually some, yay, feedback from listeners. So thank you, listeners. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your questions as well. Someone had asked me about the 16 personalities quiz and do you think it's accurate? Well, funny enough, I do actually find it quite accurate. Again, I'm going to link that 16 personalities quiz at the bottom of the podcast notes for the links. But funny enough, a few weeks ago, I just felt so overwhelmed. I had, I just felt like, well, I guess I'm popular, but I just felt like everybody wanted a piece of Amanda. People wanted to hang out. They wanted to go for coffee. They wanted to go for lunch. They wanted to catch up with me. And really, that's a first world problem. So I'm not complaining. I'm just bringing an awareness to the fact that I felt like I was dividing my time. Now, this is where that introvert extrovert component of, you know, how you recharge comes up. I definitely recharge alone. And I think that that's where people would assume that I'm such an extrovert because that's generally how I present is as an extrovert. But when I feel super stressed out and short-tempered or like I'm just, I need to say no, but I can't because I just feel obligated to say yes. And if I say no to going out for coffee or to going out for a, um, for a walk or going to do this with this person, you know, then when's the next time I'm going to see them? Blah, blah, blah. We give ourselves so many stupid excuses as to why we can't say no. And then we generally burst or combust like me. Um, and I've done that in the past. And it's, it can be a real burnout. So not a good idea. It is okay to say no. I am practicing saying no. But this is what I found the most interesting. When I first did the, the 16 personalities quiz, I was obviously hyped up. 
I had just come back from Bali. Nope, lie. I hadn't gone to Bali yet when I first did it. So I had done the quiz, thought it was really cool, felt it was super accurate. The only part of it that I had actually questioned was the extrovert component because I thought, well, okay, yeah, I obviously present very much as an extrovert, but I'm also super introverted. So let's just kind of see how this goes. I did it again a few weeks ago when I was feeling super, super overwhelmed and I just felt like I needed to reset. I needed to be alone. I wanted to be alone. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to hang out with anybody. I just felt like I needed Amanda time and I needed to switch off and that's how I was recharging. So funny enough, I actually did the quiz again and I got a completely different answer. The first time I did it, I got the one that was the protagonist. And if you read the protagonist, it is very much me. But when I did it the next time, I ended up in the same family as these ones, but I ended up as the mediator, which focuses more on the introvert component of it um, as opposed to extrovert. And so this kind of got me wondering. I thought, well, the rest of it's quite similar, but you know, just that, that slight shift between the introvert and an extrovert actually had swapped me into still the same category. Like I said, it's the 16 personality. So it's actually broken down into four groups of four. And then the mediator and the protagonist actually fall into the same category. So obviously on many levels, they're quite similar, but a little bit different, obviously, as it's outlining right now that there's that difference even between the introvert extrovert comparison component of each of these personality types. When I looked into it even further, I figured, well, let's just kind of look at what the real major differences are between an introvert and an extrovert. So I did put the link at the bottom of the podcast, and this is where you're actually going to see the difference right here. So when you're looking at the meaning of the word introvert or the type of person who is introverted, they generally like to be isolated uh, or with very few people, whereas an extroverted person tends to be more outgoing, outspoken, someone who likes being around and talking to other people. When you're looking at their nature overall, an introvert would be more self-contained, or an extrovert's way more gregarious and way out there. When it comes to speaking, an introvert, you know, they think before they speak, whereas an extrovert may not have much of a filter, or they reason things out by speaking them out, right? energy, I think that this is where people maybe make the biggest um, assumption on someone's introvert or extrovert-ness, I guess we could call it. But anyway, this is where the energy level, I think that people think if you present energetically, you're an extrovert, whereas it actually has more to do with how you recharge. So an introvert recharges in solitude or by themselves. Whereas an extrovert tends to recharge with social interactions. When it comes to time, an introvert will spend more time by themselves. An extrovert will spend more time with friends and family. Uh, When it comes to focus, you look at an introvert, they tend to turn inward. Extrovert obviously go outward. Friends, introverts tend to have few. Extroverts tend to have more or many groups of friends. When it comes to change, an introvert might not accept change as well. An extrovert can adapt easily. Communication, an introvert would openly communicate about themselves with people that they know and trust, where an extrovert would pretty much openly communicate with anybody. Concentration, an introvert would be able to concentrate for long periods of time, and an extrovert might get distracted easily. I've also heard of the term 
omnivert. This also is a really good point to make right now because it's almost as if depending on who you are around, you would present a different way. So you may present more as, oh gosh, the naked cat wants to come and hang out. Anyway, an omnivert, depending on who you're hanging out with, you may present more as an introvert or an extrovert, depending on your surroundings, who you're with, your comfort level. And when it comes to that recharge, right, depending on who you're hanging out with, you may feel super drained by certain people. You know, those energy vampires, the people that just suck your energy out of you. Or you might feel super recharged by other people. So big differences. And even when I was kind of going through the two, I try to kind of think, well, am I more of an omnivert or am I more of an introvert? I think I'm basically 50-50 because very much I recharge by myself. And I know that. I can feel it in my blood just starting to kind of boil. And, and I'm not in, I don't have anxiety, but I definitely have experienced feeling anxious. And when you feel super overwhelmed, and like you need your alone time, oh man, that's when I'm at my worst for sure. When I feel like I have obligations that I should be saying no to, but for whatever silly made up reason or excuse, I can't. Um, or when people are just constantly in my space. Yeah, no, it's, it's so, I don't know, it's interesting to me that I can be so extroverted, but when I'm alone, I am really good at it. I can do alone so well. Now that doesn't mean that I don't want to hang around with other people or that I don't like being with my person when it's just he and I hanging out. Obviously that's great. That's also a way to recharge, but I would generally have more choice in what we're actually doing or how we're spending our time or would be able to openly communicate how I'm feeling about certain things at that time, right? Yes. So yeah, people sometimes get confused. They might think that a person who's super, super quiet is an introvert or super, super loud is an extrovert. There's more to it than that. Definitely. You need to know your limits because self-care is important. And if you know yourself very well, you will know the types of self-care that you need to reset. That could be, as I've said it before, grabbing a fancy Starbucks tea or coffee and walking around chapters by yourself like I love to do or winners or home sense. Let's get real. Those are great too. Great way to reset. Um, or going for a walk, going to the gym, going to run stairs, hanging out with your bestie, knitting slippers, I don't know, whatever you need to do. As long as you know what helps you reset, you are gold. So yeah, say no. It's okay to say no, you guys. I'm still practicing it. It takes a lot of work. Sometimes you feel like you might be disappointing others and you don't need to give an excuse. Here's me preaching about something that I'm still trying to practice, but I'm Maybe just kind of trying to reinforce that message, even within my own being, that it's okay to say no, and you're still a good person if you say no. So do that. All of this has actually brought me around full circle to something that I wanted to bring out about how I, in fact, had been so busy. When you look at my summer, man, like I spent right after school, I went to the UK for two weeks, I came home for a week, I drove across Canada, I went to Bali for three and a half weeks, then it was go mode when I got home. Uh, well, I, besides glamping, that was really cool. Glamping, then I was out in the mountains for another week, then it was getting hired, then I was in Ontario for five days, now I'm back, still hustling, still in go mode, but I was just head down, nose to the grind, let's do this, and I guess because I hadn't been communicating with some of my friends, one of my dear friends had actually sent me a message, 
and had said, basically, sorry. I'm sorry if I've upset you. I haven't heard from you in a while. I just keep going over things in my head. I'm wondering if I've done something wrong, blah, blah, blah. I was so surprised by this message because I, I thought, oh, no, like, oh, my gosh, nothing is wrong at all. But that started to get me thinking about, oh, my gosh, you know, it is still really important to at least communicate with the people that you love the most. And it's not that I don't love this person because, trust me, I do. Uh, I just, I hadn't, I hadn't had that brain space or the brain bandwidth to, to reach out and to really have a nice lengthy conversation. And this person is super busy too. So, um, fortunately we've, uh, cleared that up, cleared the air and everything is so great. And this person knows how much I love them and there is no issues. I've just been batshit crazy, super busy, and that's okay. That is totally okay. That also got us talking about the four agreements because then this lovely person had said to me, you know what, I'm so sorry about that. I should not have assumed. I've even read the four agreements and I understand why it is so important to not assume. So then I started thinking, maybe this is a great time to share the importance of the four agreements. If you haven't read it, it is amazing. It's by Don Miguel Ruiz and I will, just because I can, I will give you a little bit of a heads up on what the four agreements are and why they're so important. So when you get your hands on this book, hug it because it's a great book. It will, it'll change your life in, in some way. There will be so many little takeaways. So the four agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. So being impeccable with your word, speak with love, truth, inte integrity to yourself and to others. Remember that opinions are not the truth. It's just perspective. Avoid using words with negative intent or gossiping. Be mindful and bring positive words into your life. Number two, don't take anything personally. What others do are just projections of their reality. It has nothing to do with you. So don't take it personally. Uphold self-concept instead of egotistic self-importance. Introspect on the words and actions of others instead of holding on to false belief blindly. Agreement number three is don't make assumptions. This is a big one. This is what she and I started talking about, about how assumptions can be so deadly. So don't make assumptions. Agreement number three, seek to clarify doubts instead of coming to conclusions on your own. Express what you want and be truthful to yourself. Have the courage to ask questions. Keep agreement number one and number two in mind. So obviously that is being impeccable with your word and not taking anything personally. And then number four, agreement number four is always do your best. Live your life with meaning and intention. Always do your best under any circumstances. Don't hold attachment to outcomes. Just do your best. So don't, don't hold attachment to outcomes. Just don't hold super high expectations or low expectations. Just do your best. Knowing that you've done your best, you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Aren't those great? So definitely get your hands on the book. I've linked it at the bottom of the podcast notes. I think that you will very much enjoy it. Or we'll probably know someone that would love to get it in their stocking for Christmas. I have a copy. I love it. I'm very happy to have it. And yes, I think that it's definitely got some messages in there that the world needs to hear. Those kind of continued in my brain, my big squirrel brain, 
into the importance of communication. I generally harp on communication, but honestly, a lot of these four agreements have a lot to do with communication and communicating, you actually communicate with yourself. So when I keep talking about the importance of knowing yourself, you've got to be real and you've got to be truthful to yourself. And who was I having a conversation with last week? It'll come to me. But even, oh, I know. Hey, Melissa. Yeah, Melissa and I had a fabulous visit on the weekend and we were talking a lot about the importance of communicating and how there are so many different things that come up in our lives that we may or may not want to talk about. But how important it is to recognize or bring an awareness to how you're feeling about certain things that you're communicating. So let's just say, we'll, we'll say in a relationship or in a friendship of some sort with someone and you have something that you are quite nervous about bringing up. If you are constantly clearing your throat, if your throat is full of emotion, if you find that your throat is sore, what's up throat chakra? And if you don't know anything about the chakras, I'm going to do a whole podcast on those suckers one day. The energy wheels in your body, you've got one in your throat and that has a lot to do with your communication and getting out the thoughts that are residing in your heart, in your mind, in your intuition, all of them. You need to communicate, you need to get things out of you. And if you are noticing any of these things, when you're trying to communicate something, chances are it's even more important to get it out. You need something to come out in the form of word to someone that you love or care about. And trust me, it might suck, but it's going to feel so much better once it's out. And that actually makes me think about how in my last relationship, I often held so much back instead of just getting it out because I, for some reason, was afraid to communicate something while crying or while choking on emotion that was stuck in that big lump in my throat. And I've, I, I've still to this day, I really don't even know why because I've been working so hard and I've really become a good communicator. I've become a great listener. I've become a good communicator. I know when I need to speak my truth, but for some reason, I just didn't feel like I could communicate to my full potential and would often just hold things in. Well, we know what holding things in does. It creates more problems or bigger dramas that come out later or that just continue to build up internally, whether it's in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, and then they just start to fester, right? Not good. But yes, so that was something that obviously I've since worked through that I recognize and I honor my emotions. And I know that having an emotional intelligence of any sort means that you can recognize when emotions are super heartfelt and super genuine. And hey, we cry for all kinds of different reasons. I know if I'm 10 out of 10 frustrated, chances are I'm going to cry. If I'm 10 out of 10 happy, chances are I'm going to cry. And I'm okay with it now taken me a little bit. But yeah, I would often be so afraid to communicate things or I would just for some reason think that they weren't as valid to communicate or I would doubt, you know, well, he, um, you know, this person's going to think that this is stupid if I bring this up or if I'm crying while I'm trying to communicate this, they're not going to listen or this is really dumb because, and then you generally talk yourself out of something that should be super important for you to communicate. And if you are okay with yourself and you honor yourself and love yourself enough to understand how important the messages are that you need to get out, chances are all of the relationships that you need to communicate in in your life are going to be better 
They're going to be more full of love and respect because you are speaking your truth. And that almost deserves a mic drop because speaking your truth is hard and it takes work and it takes practice. And if you have listened to the recording that I did with my friend Sarah Ritchie, we talk a lot about that authenticity and about being your best self and being your truest self and how hard that can be, but how worth it it is. And I know that in friendships and in relationships that I've been in and am in, I look at the fact that those vulnerable conversations obviously don't happen all of the time, but how much more connected I feel to these people after we've dug a little bit deeper. We've gone more than just surface level conversations. We get into what makes you tick? What pisses you off? What are your insecurities? Why does that make you feel a certain way? You know, what are you afraid of? What do you regret? Man, I love those deep conversations. And oddly enough, that actually just brought a bit of a flashback back to uh, a girls' night that I had. I didn't have it. I was there. I didn't host it. There was a bunch of people there, some of which I knew better than others. This is a while ago now. But I remember suppressing a lot of what I had to say to a person in the room based on one of their opinions. And just digging deep and I had to communicate something and it's not that it got heated but it was just kind of more like we had super different opinions on the the whole choosing love thing so at the time um you know I was just in a in a super reflective stage in my own relationship and obviously was super full of love for this person but You know, I was starting to have these questions and these doubts thinking, is this my person? Are we actually in it to win it? You know, I feel like I might be giving more than I'm receiving in this relationship. And for some reason, I just feel like I'm not my authentic self in this relationship, which isn't good for me. I feel like I'm holding back my energy. That's exhausting in itself, trying to hold that back. Anyways, long story short of all of this was that this particular person who was head over heels in love with, I don't even know if they were engaged at the time. They're currently engaged and or maybe even be married. I have no idea. But at the time, this person was just, oh, I wake up beside so-and-so and I choose to love them every day and he chooses to love me every day and No matter what's going on in our relationship, I choose them every day. And I'm thinking, okay, you guys have been together for years, years and years. You are disgustingly in love. Kudos to you. Very good. People really go for that. Go for it. I think it's great. Sure, I would aspire to have that at some point, I'm sure. But my point was, your love is not a chore. Your love is not, it's work, sure, I'm sure that you guys have to work through things and compromise every now and then, but love and working in a relationship, your relationship should not be a chore. I believe, this is my opinion, full disclosure, my opinion, I think that the little things that come up in your relationship that you have to bend for, you shouldn't have to break for. You shouldn't have to completely alter and compromise who you are as a person, nor your values or aspects of your personality to shape yourself to slot into someone else's puzzle pieces of whatever makes them who they are and vice versa. I just like to think that you would, you know, be able to connect with 
someone else. Oh, the cat wants to come back in. And anyway, now I've kind of lost my train of thought, but what I was going with was that this person is so incredibly compatible with her partner, get a girl, go for it, high five, but that I don't think that she had a very rounded perspective, perhaps, on what it meant to be with someone that wasn't perfectly compatible with you or that maybe she'd only been in a very small number of relationships and got super lucky and didn't have to experience heartbreak or resentment or suppressing who you are as a person to try and fit another, whatever the case was. At the time in in the relationship that I was in, I just remember listening to this going, girl, if I could choose love, I would choose to love this man for the rest of my life. It's more than just choice. I, I keep trying to choose. I keep trying to choose every freaking day when I wake up. I love this guy, for sure I do, but I'm not gonna mess around with life and I'm not gonna jeopardize my overall happiness and I'm not going to try and mold myself to fit someone else's nooks and crannies, you know, in, in what they want in a partner. Of course there's compromise, I get that. But I think of how many different things I was trying to shift and to shape to, to alter because this man was amazing. So here's me trying to fit him. But overall, I wasn't happy in the relationship because there were things that were missing. And that's okay. That is totally okay. Because not all two great people fit. So you just send them love and light like Julia Roberts does in Eat, Pray, Love. Who is she playing? Oh yeah, Elizabeth Gilbert. That's what you do. You send them lots of love and lots of light and you just keep on trucking and you keep on chasing your own love and light because it's coming. I get it. I got it. And that's my take on that. You know what I had to do on Friday? Run the Terry Fox run in Blundstones. You know how much that sucked? It sucked so much that currently right now, my legs from my knees to my ankles are still sore. Not cool. Uh, I had, I was doing a TOC fill-in. They call them teacher on call out here in BC. So I was supply teaching for a teacher and there were no notes that were left in advance so that I didn't know that it was the Terry Fox run, which was fine anyway. It was a, it was a great day. We had a great day. Other than the fact that I had to run the Terry Fox run in Blundstones, whatever. That reminded me though of <laughs> when I was in Niagara Falls in April, uh, maybe April, April, whatever. I was down there for some tech conference with uh, the school that I work for back in Ontario. And uh, obviously you weren't in Niagara Falls if you don't get a selfie with the falls. So before the conference started in the morning, I ripped down the hill and I went for a long walk and I took a selfie, a few selfies and a few hilarious ones with the Snapchat filter that if I was a Snapchat filter, I would be the one with the humongous eyeballs and the gigantic lips and the super high pitched face and the tiny little nose. That would be me. So I took a video with that and sent it to all my people, and then went back up the hill, went to the conference. Well, a day, two days later after that, I was walking around like a newborn calf because my legs hurt so much. It was awful, and here's me. I'm dead set that I've got shin splints. I'd never had them before, so I was telling the girls at Spin, I was like, oh, my, my legs hurt so much, I've got shin splints, and the runners in the room were like, oh, dude, that sucks. Shin splints are awful. I'm like, I know it. They hurt so much. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> one of my friends um, 
and here's me being super dedicated too because I've been icing them, you know, I'm, I'm icing them and then I'm taking the ice off and then I'm letting them rest and then I'm putting the ice on, doing everything that Google told me to do when you've got shin splints. So anyways, this friend of mine was like, okay, like give me your heel. So I'm standing there and I like throw my heel up into his hand and he's like rub, rubs his thumb down my shin bone and he's like, Lytle, if you had shin splints, you would have collapsed in pain. And then he rubs his thumb along my actual, like the muscle along my shin. And he's like, does that hurt? I'm like, oh, 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 yeah. He's like, congratulations, sweetheart. You've got muscle soreness. <laughs> and so I kind of had a laugh about that even just over the last few days because on the Friday, right, I had to go out and run this Terry Fox run in my Blundstones, whatever. And then on Saturday, Melissa and I went and we did the stairs over here in Tawasin, which is great. I don't even remember. We did it six times and we walked the ocean for a little while. But stairs six times on these sets of stairs is pretty awesome. Uh, had a great time. But again, that just enhanced the newborn calf gait that I was trying to pull off as I was walking around. So yeah, still even almost, almost, you know, pushing a week later. And uh, yep, they're still sore. So uh I know that it's not shin splints. I know that I'm going to get over it sooner than later, which is great. Uh, but yeah, so that was one of my funnies for the week. <laughs> and then I was going to share just this is, you know, a day in the life of Amanda Lytle, squirrel mode. Uh, something that is more of a recent predicament. When I drove across Canada this summer, I came on my summer tires I did not bring my winter tires because I figured, well, I'll just get winter tires in BC. No big deal. Well, now that I'm out in BC and I'm obviously trying to penny pinch out here because it's expensive and I only just started teaching and went back to Ontario, blah, blah, blah. I am not complaining. I'm just sharing. So anyway, now it's time to go have winter tires put on. Now, a lot of people in the lower mainland actually in... Vancouver and within the suburbs that just kind of stretch between there and let's say Chilliwack-ish before you start to kind of get more mountainy and more hilly generally don't put on snow tires they might run all seasons or something like that but they generally don't go far so for people like me that go on adventures and head into the mountains hopefully frequently need winter tires because you will get one hefty fine and probably into multiple car accidents if you do not have winter tires on going up through the Coquihalla and basically leaving the city every direction, you are looking at mountains. So if I'm going to be heading into the Kootenays, that's a solid seven hour drive from where I'm staying right now, I need them and that's important. I need to be safe. Obviously, I want to avoid the fine. And if you've ever driven up through the Coquihalla or up through, you know, anywhere from the Kootenays into Van or vice versa, the hills are long, they are slippery, and the weather can change very quickly. So obviously snow tires are mandatory and very important. So here we go. I'm thinking, okay, no big deal. I'll just price out some winter tires. I'll look for a place to store them, blah, blah, blah. We got this in the bag. Meanwhile, I have a full set of only one short season old winter tires in Ontario that are just sitting there collecting dust in my grandma's garage in Inglesby. Okie dokie. So then kudos to Wesley, my old man, my dad, because he was the one who had even said weeks ago, he's like, you should probably just look at shipping these out there. I think that it would be more cost effective if you did that, if you know you had them shipped out there, whatever. 
I just think that it would make more sense. And I'm thinking there's absolutely no way because if you're going to FedEx, Purolate, Fly, whatever you're going to do to get those winter tires out there, here's me thinking it's going to be an astronomically priced endeavor. Well, I just let it go, right? I thought, nope, it's fine. I'll just get new winter tires. I'll drive them back whenever I need to go back to Ontario. Blah, blah, blah. This is good. I got this in the bag. Uh-uh. Nope. So I priced them out at Canadian Tire. On the car, on rims, balance, blah, 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 was going to be... I don't know, like $860, okay, so I kind of swallowed that, and then I started looking around, and I thought, well, then now I've got to store them for six to nine months, maybe-ish, let's see what's up, so I called Cal Tire just to compare, uh, they actually had a slightly better deal considering they were going to throw in an alignment, I kind of need one anyway, so an alignment and store the tires for $1,100, so I thought, barf, this is a lot of money, and then this really nice guy I don't remember his name, at Caltire, super good dude, was like, you know what, Amanda, honestly, I'd love to sell you $1,000 worth of tires and services, but I'm thinking that your best bet is if you have a good set that's just sitting in Ontario, why don't you just purolate them out here? Call them, price it out, check it out, and let us know. So then I got thinking about that. Okay, so I am going to call Purolator. Called Purolator. And I talked to this lovely lady and she filled me in that it was going to cost door to door, including all the fees, roughly $250 to come. Like they were going to pick them up where they're being stored, bring them right to me and drop them at my front door. That's a bargain if you ask me. I figured this is really great. So then I had her look at, well, what is going to be the, the fee from you know, the postcode where they're being stored to the postcode out in the mountains and then compared that to the postcode where they're being stored to where I'm actually staying in Surrey and tried to compare those, thinking as well that, well, maybe I'll have them shipped there, but then this is before I knew that I was going to get a hefty fine if I got caught without snow tires in the Coca-Cola and I also didn't want to have an accident and having driven through that pass numerous times now, it's very slick and very slippery. Well, then I got all emotional because I knew that this was going to start impacting my weekend and my time away for the weekend, having Thanksgiving, carving pumpkins, doing all the fun things and kicking his ass at Scrabble. And then I knew that that wasn't probably going to be the case because by the time they actually shipped them out, it was going to be four business days ish. And then that would put me into the arrival next week, either Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when they were able to get them onto a truck, which would mean that I cannot be out there for Thanksgiving unless I spend the 860 or whatever, $1,100 to get winter tires put on before the weekend. And then I started thinking, well, no, because if I'm pinching pennies and really let's get real, why would I want two sets of winter tires Guys, I'm basically just talking out my first world problems right now, but you get it, right? Why would I have two sets of winter tires if I've got one in Ontario that can be shipped here for 250 bucks? Yes, it's obviously going to poke into my Thanksgiving weekend out in the mountains, but however, if I can have them shipped here, it's gonna save me several hundred dollars. It's gonna keep me safe regardless. It's gonna allow me to settle down into the new place because I'm finishing up my house sitting gig this week. Now I've just moved into a new place uh, it's a room in a house and it's great and it's in a great location so I'm stoked about that so maybe this will just give me the weekend to settle into that there's an event going on called Friendsgiving with Melissa and a crew of her friends out in Abbotsford maybe I'll do that Ugh, 
I don't know. I got all emotional about it. I'm feeling a little bit better about it now because we had a nice FaceTime chat and we've talked all of our problems out. <laughs> and obviously we just want to hang out, but that's where we're at. So there's that. I guess you'll also be happy to know as well that I cried when I communicated that. <laughs> if, I, if you had have asked me to do that or to communicate even how I was feeling a few years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But you know, that's part of the vulnerability thing. That's part of the growth thing. If you need to cry, just friggin' cry. Just get it out of ya. So I did it. And on that note, you guys, um, yeah, I actually need to just for time wise, I'm going to call it a day. I hope you have a fabulous day. I appreciate every single one of you. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope that it's great. I hope that no matter where you're traveling to, whether it's through the Coquihalla with or without snow tires, or if you're going somewhere to be with your friends and your family, that it's great, that you travel safe, that you eat a lot. I know that some of my friends are doing some like sugar-free October thing. Um, I wish you the best with that because I love October for the very reason of sugar and sweet delicious treats and Halloween is coming and I've already had some chocolates. <laughs> Maybe we'll save the fact that sugar is extremely addictive and how bad sugar is for you for another podcast because we could go on and on and on about that but I'm not going to wreck your day talking about the fact that sugar is not good for you right now. We'll save it for another day. Enjoy your day. Take care. I love you guys. I appreciate every single one of you. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Safe Haven Podcast, TGIT style. Please make sure that you subscribe, like, rate, review, and share these episodes. Comment as you follow along. Actually, can you please do that? Can you comment? Can you just put a cute little comment or something or rate or review it or something? The little five stars. I love those. Your generous support keeps the sharing and messages coming your way. You can find the Safe Haven Podcast on Spotify. Apple Podcast on Podbean and on Google Play Podcasts. And then you can follow along on Instagram at the Safe Haven Podcast for the latest updates. I'll talk to you next week.